I'm Gab. He's Jules. Just around about 72 hours to the Super Bowl. Uh, not that I'm nervous uh, or whatever. Sorry, I'll move on from that. My thoughts are elsewhere. Go Eagles. Uh, go, go, go Birds. Go Birds, of course. Uh, it is Blue Skies over West it London. Is. Very much so. Less so, perhaps, mixed skies over Manchester United. We'll be talking about their game against uh, against Leeds. So much else going on. Real Madrid advancing to the final yes. Club World Cup. Yes, it's a big deal. Whether they play Al Halal, also a big deal. Big deal to us. Big deal to many people. Yep. Maybe not to you and your little island little shut-in world whoever you are um and of course Paris Saint-Germain sorry about that but I I promised we would start at Old Trafford um United going into this game with obviously a number of guys out McTominay's out Erickson's out Casemiro suspended Anthony out however what really struck me about this game was everything goes so smoothly for Leeds at the beginning Within a minute, the pride of Baveno <laughs> on the shores of Lake Maggiore. Willie Gionto puts them in the lead. Great goal as well, yeah. And then they get a second goal early in the, in, this, in the second half. Everything is smiling. And Leeds are supposed to be in turmoil. Jesse Marsh is gone. They have this dude on the bench. I am blanking with that name. I'm sorry, but he's the former uh, England futsal coach. Yeah. With all due respect, nothing wrong with that. But no. he's obviously as interim as you Chris get. Chris is there as well, to be fair. Like yeah. as in, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, oh I'm, I'm sorry. No, Chris Armis like, is on the bench. You know, Move over, Sir Alex. Like the JC Marsh continuity. <laughs> but, um, and then United claw their way back in. Marcus Rashford again. And I think, for me, if I'm a United fan, the biggest takeaway that makes me smile, Jaden Sancho coming coming on and scoring. Yeah, a lovely goal as well that he took really, really well. It's great to see him. The celebration, I think you could tell how much this means to him coming back after... What he says is a difficult was a difficult time. I mean, you can, you know, I think what was he was just not in the right place to play. I think physically and mentally, and now he's slowly coming back because I think a few people thought that maybe he could start this game considering the the players missing. It was probably wiser from from Ten Hag and the right call to leave him on the bench and Galacho started and 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 to be fair did well. Uh, and and then there was time for Sancho when you needed something a little bit different. And again against low blocks. When, when Sancho is on his game, then that's the kind of differences that he can make because he's so good in tight spaces with a lot of people and he took his goal really, really well. And United could have gone and, and win that game. Uh, in the end, I think it's, it's, it would have been harsh on Leeds because it's, they fought hard. It's a fair result. They played well. United had, I think, 25 shots or something, but the XG is just two, so where they are, really. But I thought it was a cracking game of football with a lot of intensity. Which, of course, viewers in the United Kingdom uh, didn't get to see, which is, is yeah. odd, but, well, you know, whatever. Um, we're going to look a little bit closer, more closely at the game. Obviously, for United, there's going to be some level of regret for, for Ten Hag because they could have pulled even with Manchester City, yeah. at least temporarily, and obviously games in hand, all this it's stuff. Opportunity. Um, but other big story is uh, we have a date, February 17th, is when the Rain Group was handling the sale. They want the bits. We've told you before. Yeah. Doesn't really matter because you know they can say no, they can get a bit from the outside, they're not bound to do this. But big news is that supposedly Qatari investors who aren't linked to the Emir of Qatar are yeah. ready to offer and they value the club at somewhere between 4.1 and 4.5 billion, less than many people thought. Um, Jules, we spent time in Qatar, uh, you're familiar with the Qataris as well. Yeah, the story is that these people have no ties whatsoever to. QSI and the Emir of Qatar. Yeah. Given how small Qatar yeah. is, is it possible that there are investors who have no ties? I don't believe so, but maybe <laughs> it is. I right now, um, even if it's a rich country for the for the Qatari, for the you know the, the nationality of the Qatari who have the nationality who live there, I really believe it's impossible to put a 4.1, 4.5 billion bid for Manchester United without the royal family, the Emir. And the money that is in the the fund, really, of the royal family involved. But maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe we're, I'm cynical. But. We're going to talk about the implications of this, uh, and again, uh, and, and some of the other runners and riders, potentially, uh, in a minute. Also, from the Leeds perspective, going back to Jesse Marsh yeah. being being sacked, and we're going to need, we're going to, again, we're going to delve into that more. First thing, though, off the top that strikes me is, if you sack somebody, surely you've made plans to replace him. And yet again, we see this. Carlos Corberan at West Brom, supposedly the first choice, he said no. Yeah. Iraola uh, Arayo also saying no. And now it feels like they're scrambling around. What, what? 
I know, but I think you've got a short list when you, you know, get rid of a manager, like when you lose a player and you want to replace him. And, but then you still, you're not guaranteed that those guys are going to say yes. I think it's, yeah, ideally you would have a player. You place, talk, but in the real world, you talk to them beforehand. I know, but it's also, it's also difficult, I think, to do, to, to do that. Maybe they were just to be convinced, thinking, yeah, of course they're going to agree to come to Leeds, Premier League club, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it wasn't, yeah. was it the right timing to sack Jesse March when there's an uh, international right. break coming? Not, not in that. In long March. Ago. Yeah, in March. Uh, maybe. As I understand, I know you're not supposed to go and approach another club's manager, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, Corberan and Iraola have jobs. Yeah. In the real world, we generally know, we generally know what happens. In the real world, unless there's an international break coming and I'm going to take, you know, a lot of time to do a search or whatever. If I don't have time for it, I speak to, I speak to the person's agent. I speak to them too, secretly, yeah. surreptitiously, like like Arsenal did with Arteta. Remember that? Yeah. And like they snuck into his house and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And weirdly, the Sky Sports news cameras were there. How funny! I uh, wonder how they knew. Anyway, um, did this not happen here? Or do we think it was? I don't know. They maybe. speak to Corberan, and then Corberan says, "Hey, Corberan, hey, uh, West Brom." Or what's the guy's name? Guo? Is that his name? The uh, the owner? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I say, look, uh, I got this offer from Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. You want to give me a new contract since we were we were in the bottom three, right? Yeah. And now we've we've had this run, and we're well, what are they? Are they they're close to the playoffs. They're in the playoff they're spots the playoff now. Spots, yeah. Even if he's very tight in the championship, as producer Freddie always right. says. You know, it's but yeah, maybe maybe that happened. Maybe maybe the plan was not to side Jesse Marsh just then, and then that defeat at the weekend made like okay, I've had enough now. And but that know. means making an emotional decision. Yeah, and you don't yeah, make emotion emotional decision. You shouldn't make emotional decision. Okay, like but someone with twenty five percent win ratio in the in, you know since arriving at the club, I think you can make an emotional decision because I think clearly there were issues in that team. It's not yeah, about win might, ratio. No, it's about points per game. Points per game, but even that is very low. Even that is very It's low. lower than you would want it to be given exactly. the quality so of the So maybe the maybe they just thought, you know what? There's no point keeping him in now. We gave him a bit more time than even without. I don't know. There's a lot of things can happen while you make the decision and then but then you're right. Where where I agree with you that it looks it's a bad look to like it seems that now they're like, okay, where do we go now? Because the two guys that we spoke to, who by the way, as good as they're doing with their current team now, it's a very different context to Leeds, to the Premier League. To like, you know, I'm not really sure in the situation that Leeds are right now in the Premier League that those two guys were the the best choices. But but yeah, it looks like they don't know what where to go now, and they they they're struggling, and they'll be like, uh oh, okay, well, so what's next now? Which, which is, is never a good look because you don't look in control. Well, which is odd because obviously there's been a lot of praise for Andrea Rizzani with what he's done with the club getting yeah. him, getting back up and, and, and whatnot. Um, and obviously the other owners are the 49ers people, right? Yeah. Who, you know, oh, analytics, smart, planning, blah, 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 funds, look, you know. I mean, they don't give it the big one like some other American owners yeah. do. But, you know, obviously it's a very well-run, well-respected um, franchise. So you are kind of s- surprised that they find themselves in this situation. The other thing is, if you're going to use analytics and you're going to go and evaluate and blah, 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 I, I, I still feel if you're going to sack Jesse Marsh, my time to do it was in January when you still maybe could have sweetened the carrot a little bit for Corberan and, and Iraola or whoever you want to bring in and say, look, you know, we because they, they spent, what, 30 million on, on Jorginho Rutter. Yeah. They got Wolber. They got McKinney. Uh, they got Weston McKenney, and I think they got somebody else as well. Um, so, in the end, this is an investment north of fifty million, right? Yeah, yeah more than that, even I think. Uh, so, surely, you know, you would have, if you're a new manager, like I like to have some input on this investment. This is the part which, to me, doesn't add up, right? How, you know, one game in February after the window closes, boom, you lose to Nottingham Forest, and you know, sure, it's a direct opponent, but whatever. Um, and all of a sudden, you turn the page. That does. Yeah. Does that make sense? Is this, yeah. a, is this a good? Is this how you would run your club? Um, that's a good question. No, probably not. I I do think that the players they signed um, are good young players, and I think that you can work with them. And yeah, they're a certain profile, but but I don't. I think the argument saying like, oh yeah, but 
you know, those guys were for March and then someone like is coming and might not want them. I don't think it's valid here because they're good. They're really good young players. They would work really well in the Premier League. So I don't, I don't think the, uh, why didn't, why did they sack March after the transfer window, after investing that money for players for no, him? No, uh, sorry, let me amend that, Jules. March has a very distinct way of playing, right? Which, which we know from, from Salzburg and, and Leipzig, right? It is not identical to the way Corberan and Iraola yeah, play, but, right? So if you're considering these other guys who have different profiles, you might sign players that suit the football that true. they want to play. I think, McKinney, than... I think McKinney would work with them too. I think Ruta works with them too. I think Wobber works with them too. Yeah, but how about letting them decide it? Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing. No, no true. That's, that's the only thing I would that's say. That's very true. That's, that's um, true. With Marsh, what, what happens next? Because, you know, these are two sackings in two big European leagues, you yeah. know, um, that that he deals with. Personally, I am predisposed to not liking him because he... We know. He, you know why. Because yeah. he went to Princeton. Not for footballing Sorry, reasons. Nothing for, nothing yeah. for footballing reasons. Um, I thought they played decent football. Um, I thought they were onto really something good. good. And I thought it could have been effective. And I think to some degree they've been unlucky. I haven't looked at the analytics to see if they support this. No, you I don't think they were down. He seemed at the end to suggest that, you know, he needs to do a better job and maybe the players weren't getting his message or whatever. Is that... What yeah, happened? I think the injuries have hit them uh, at key moments and key players, certainly. I still think that defensively, um, they they had too many problems. And I, and I do think that uh, that was a problem that he never managed to rectify and man never managed to make them more solid. Um, and and then and then going forward, I like a lot of the press and the counter pressing and the intensity and all the all the running. And they did miss some chances, but there were games where they played really well, and there were other games where they were not good at all. And I think that inconsistency. If, yeah. if it was my club, if I was the owner, I would really struggle with because I do think that it's also the, the problem lies in the manager. Then, if you can't get your team consistently playing either the same way or as well as they should week in and week out, depending on who they face, it's a problem that lies with him. Um, but the US national, men's national team is there for him. It's perfect. It's there for him. It's there if he I don't wants think it. it is. It's just there. They're looking for someone. It makes a lot of sense I don't if think, they want it. I don't think it's, uh, uh, personally, I, I don't think it's the right move for him and I don't think it's the right move for the US national team. And it'd be um, hard for him to find another club in the top five leagues for now, for sure. So it might not be a bad idea for the next few years mm. to go there, do well, and then put his name back in the 26th World Cup. If you screw that up, you're out. Yeah, I mean, but he can also not screw that up. He can go no, there I, with I, a great generation. I, I, a lot I just think, he knows well. I just think he's got room to grow before he goes there. And I think he's but got, where, where? Where then? A smaller team in Germany or, or France or or or, or Italy, uh, you know, and then show that that you can do this. You can play this way. Um, you know, you're not mm -hmm. just the Red Bull guy. Uh, moving on to the game itself, um, how special is Nyanto? Yeah, he was really good. It was really good, and you can tell that he's grown in confidence. He's grown into. He's not just league. a little round guy who moves the ball and gets fouled, right? No, I mean he's technically he's, he's very good, and but I like his awareness in that game. He created a lot of problems for for Jogodalot, who was coming back. I'm not really sure how wise he was from Ten Hag to. Uh, I think I think Wan Bissaka was injured anyway, so he had to play Dalot, but. I think Wan-Bissaka would have done a much better job than Dalot coming back from an injury yeah. and facing a Nyonto that is full of confidence, who creates problems, who scored so early that after that, you know, he was like, yeah, let's keep doing this again and again and again. So Wan-Bissaka might not have put in that cross for Rashford to head in. Yeah, so equally, true, true, true. What you want to do is kind of like in the fly, like, you know, you put Wan-Bissaka and Dalot in the you two mix things them. and you combine them and, and you hope that you get somebody with Wan-Bissaka's defensive prowess and Dalot's Technical ability. Yeah. Although given United's luck of late, you'd probably get the reverse. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's, if that's where you want to go. Um, Marcus Rashford again. I mean, six games in a row in the Premier League scoring Old Trafford for the first time since when Rooney, I think, in 2012. That was a vague horse goal too, by the way. Like, well, actually, oh, no, the, the because John told us he's not good in the air. But uh, yeah, but that that was some leap, perfectly timed header. Great. Yeah, um, really good. Yeah, much better than anything Veghorst has done since he arrived at the club. So, you know. Get me excited about Sancho. If if Sancho no, returns to even 70% of what he was, Anthony watches the rest of the Premier League on, on television, yeah? Or from the bench? Yeah. Or do you 
play Rashford up front to accommodate. I, 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 I would not disassemble is, the team to no, accommodate No, I agree Anthony. with you everywhere. The thing is, Garnacho is more comfortable as a left winger. And so is Rashford. And so is Sancho. And I, and I think Anthony might just keep his place just about because he's, he's more comfortable on the right wing. And the others are not. But uh, you can play Rashford on the right. I'm just not sure how more, how, if he's been, if he, if he would be as amazing as on the left. But maybe I mean we saw Garnacho and you know and Rashford against Leeds, so it's not it's, it's not right. a problem. But I just, I, what, with Sancho, I was going to ask you. I don't know what the next step is. It's probably still giving him more game time off the bench than starting him. I just fear that if you start him again too early, and he has a game where he's still finding his feet, he's still then that could knock his confidence down again. You see what I mean? So, I mean, I like to be honest. Given that Martial is clearly on the extended. Uh, injury policy once again uh, and you don't want to play Big Horse every game because Please. he doesn't have the build for it there's some games it's not the right choice Yeah, and then you're going to have to play Rashford through the middle and that's how Garnacho. I don't know that Garnacho's played 90 minutes maybe in some League Cup game but yeah. like, you could see like you yeah, know, yeah. he lasts like an hour which is fine he's young he's growing into it so maybe yeah maybe it's a tag team Garnacho Sancho on the left and Rashford through the middle which you know isn't bad but no, no, no. It, what what struck me about also about how short they were and how short they are is at the end it looked to me like Lindelof I mean you couldn't tell it was the end of the game it was all chaotic but Lindelof came on to play in midfield yeah yeah which he's played a little bit before but otherwise Maynard the kid from the academy who's played in the league cup or in the FA cup or both Kobe? maybe Kobe, yeah but then again, that is. That is but he's nice. not really a defense. Isn't he more of like an all round midfielder? No, I than think a he was a defensive midfielder, yeah. So he's like a little Casemiro? Yeah, yeah, but okay. obviously, no. Yeah, obviously. Not level, so not yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's a big Just issue. only, only what, two games to go for Casemiro. So, yeah. you know, so, you know, whatever. Games, yeah. the, the cavalry is on its way. In terms of United fans getting their wish and seeing the back of the Glazer. Oh, yeah, they're getting excited by the Qatari money and all of that. Like, you know, starting to think, oh, who could we buy with the hundreds of millions they're going to bring? All right. So let's pour some water on this, okay? So, oh, don't. First of all, and, and I did, this is a more general thing about super rich, fun, Qatari, blah, 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 right? I think where they can have a serious impact on Manchester United, Manchester United will still be bound by financial fair play. So let's not think that they're going to come in and they're going to spend $350 million on Mbappe and whatever else because it's only going to happen if they can keep within the boundaries of Yeah, but Chelsea did play, so right? maybe United can. Yeah, I don't think Chelsea spent $350 million on Mbappe. But they, no, but if but, you spend $350 million on 10 players or one player, it's still $350 million. True, true. Where they can make a serious impact is, you know, every time we talk to Mark Ogden, he gets all grim and depressing. Um, yeah, even when we don't speak. Regardless of what we talk. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, about how like Old Trafford, the roof is leaking. And which is true, redone. which is true. So these are massive investments yeah. in infrastructure that you can make that will increase revenue at your club uh, and which don't count against financial fair play. That's right. And I think that is a, is a big impact somebody like the Qataris yeah. uh, could have. Yeah. Um, the other big thing is they're not going to take money out of the club in dividends, we think. Well, yeah, we, we think. think. We don't know. We think. Um, on the flip side, you're going to have a serious problem or you should have a very serious problem. This comes with a big asterisk yeah. because of Nasser Al-Khalifi. Sorry. So the UEFA rules basically say you can't have two clubs with people with, you know, with owners in the same European competition if there are owner if they have the same owner or yeah. if there are certain links now those rules and the person who wrote those rules who used to work at UEFA told me this himself said are not well written and he wrote those rules yeah um there was a massive massive fudge with leipzig and salzburg, salzburg yeah. where officially there's a sponsorship deal but there isn't you should make this priority a number one to have very very clear rules on this because they can't go and pretend that this is online this is some qatari guy who yeah. won the lottery and then moved <laughs> to another country and then became a billionaire it's yeah. very difficult for you to be a Qatari businessman and not to you don't do any business with the Qatari government. Yeah. You're not related. There's only there's only 300,000 yeah. uh Qataris as we know. Yeah. I it's just and the Qatari royal family is enormous. 
it's really difficult to maintain that distance. And like to maintain the distance for real, not in some legal BS yeah. separate entity thing, which we saw with, with another company. With, yeah, with, that, yeah. With, with, with Newcastle and PIF, right? Yeah. So the question though is, is this something UEFA would crack down on given mm-hmm. the role that Nasser has and at UEFA right now, at the ECA? Yeah. And will that role continue? Will Qatar continue to stay relevant? We, we've talked about this too, right? Now they've had the World yeah. Cup come and gone. I, these are big questions. Um, yeah. I can tell you it becomes very, very problematic if other clubs want to make a stink about this yeah. for Nasser. It's already going to be problematic with financial fair play, and we'll yeah. see if that goes because, I agree. you know, especially if City get punished over here, and they may or may not. This is something, UEFA's credibility is at stake. UEFA's faith in institutions is at stake. They have to be seen to, to address this in, in the correct way. Mm. All that said, if the Glazers want five to six billion, I believe four point one to four point five is less than five to six billion. Yeah, it's less than the five billion. Sir Jim, your friend Sir Jim in the south yeah. of France, uh, is is talking about. Um, so why are we talking about this if the other dudes offering more? Is it because- maybe because they want six billion, but are happy to settle for five. Uh- but then why not just sell it to Sir Jim? Yeah, but maybe they might be tempted at some point to once once they see the bid, the full bid is there. If Sir Jim has made the bid, and you know all of that is there. Well, he's written a letter. Know. I don't know. I, but I, it's just I, I was thinking of writing a letter as well to Rain, and you know, offering seven billion to see if that bids up the price. <laughs> I just maybe it could manipulate the stock price. You know, their shares went up seventeen percent when yeah, the Qataris came out, right? Yeah. So imagine, do you think I could move it? If I wrote to them and said, "I will, I, offer, I I'm ready to offer cool. seven billion, right? Yeah. Where you go? Se- yeah. Securities fraud. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I think this should still be an exciting time if you United fans. Uh, things are moving. At least they're moving. Even if they they're just moving take on the a, pitch and with Ten Hag, undoubtedly, yeah, and off the pitch as well. Even if they just take minority investment, uh, you know, shareholder, whatever. But at least something is moving. There's people interested in the club to pay a lot of money for it. Six billion. I'm not so sure. Um, so. I think you're right to be excited if you're a United fan one. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's good. And I also think from United's perspective, I I know it's easy to say, but under Rangnick or under Solskjaer towards the end, if they go two goals down at home and they have big pieces missing, like, I mean, we're talking, what, five starters missing if you if you add them all up, right? Martial, Casemiro, Anthony, Erickson. Um, Erickson. Uh, I don't think they get back into the game. I, yeah, I, no, I really no. don't, especially no, after yeah, the first yeah. half, where other than Garnacho chances and that that Sabitzer shot, you know, I yeah, they took a lot of shots, but in yeah. terms of real things, they, they produced no, 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 they no, no. produce much. The, yeah, but in the second half, you felt like they were going to win the game. I think you. But that's encouraging. But so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is, yeah, yeah. If Bruno Fernandez says it's two points dropped, sure, but think of where you were, think of where you are, sure. and you're two points behind City now, yeah. and not a lot of people, including us, would have taken that for granted. That's you know, true. back in September, October. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com gab. Just go to Indeed.com gab. Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough United, enough Qataris. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Real Madrid are through to the FIFA Club World Cup final as they beat Al Ahly 4 1. Jules, there was a point in the second half where things could have gone very differently. Yeah, even in the first half, Gab, I thought, to be fair, Al-Hali played really, really well. Uh, they had intensity, they moved the ball well, they were a threat on the right wing, especially Kamavinga playing again as left back. 
Camavinga had an atrocious But he game. did well before, to the point that in Madrid they were thinking, oh, maybe this is his best position, actually. But in this game, against that dude, he's yeah. not good. Al Shahat, um, was, it was really, who was very good, who got the penalty that Camavinga, when Camavinga fouled him. But I thought it was a really good game. And yet, they scored two goals in garbage time, as yeah. you like to say. Uh, Real Madrid to make it 4-1. Modric missed a penalty and I thought was really bad again since the World Cup restart and he's been really poor. But they got the job done and now they can look forward to a final, which, by the way, it's not going to be easy for them. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. What I, I thought Real Madrid were actually really good in the first half and maybe could have... Yeah, but apart from Rodrigo and Vini, like, do you see what I mean? But Rodrigo, that yeah, little dance, yeah, yeah, come yeah. on, man. That was That's... great when he hit the post. Yeah, look, and they don't have Kareem Benzema, there's no Courtois. No, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of big guns yeah. missing. True. And Gab, Real Madrid will face uh, Saudi Arabia's Al-Hilal in, uh, in the final after they won their other semi-final. Yeah, semi-final against Flamengo 3-2. Should we be considering this a big upset, considering how usually the South American champions make it? I, I think it is a big upset because, well, first of all, Al-Halal are not the most famous team in Saudi Arabia right now because yeah, Al Nasser signed somebody fairly well known. No, uh, some people have made this argument because I think it's happened five times in yeah, the last Al-Hain, nine, ten years. I think Ashimandlas were the last two I, not South Americans to qualify. That said, um, Flamengo are a super club. Flamengo have Flamengo have spent a lot of money. They have a great team. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of big name players. They are a powerhouse. They're not somebody who won the Copa Libertadores last year, sold everybody to Europe, and Master. now they're, you know, um, and they've been dominant for a while. So, I, I think Flamengo made things much worse for the, for themselves. It was an absolute, absolutely yeah. horrendous defending. Um, Gerson getting so stupidly sent off. Yeah. Um, shout out though to Salam Altasari. Remember, yeah, of course, the two penalties, that amazing goal cold. converts the converts the penalties. Well done, Al Halal. You know, in the end, 90 minutes. Who have really good players. Players that have played in Europe before, Vieto, Marega. I think it's six or seven in the yeah. starting lineup. Yeah, so yeah. there's, you it's know. It's a good team, too. So is that, what, is that what makes you think that Real Madrid should not take this game for granted? Yeah, no, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be really good. Tune in if you can, if you're fortunate enough to live in a country where somebody's got <laughs> ah, yeah. the If not, it's not in the UK. FIFA. Never mind, it's on FIFA Plus. FIFA Plus, yeah, you can stream in it. Back to Real Madrid, where La Liga have passed evidence to police documenting the racist abuse Vinicius was subjected to at Mallorca. Jules, it's the sixth time that this has yeah. happened. I, I want to make, I want to get your view on this. People go and blame the league, blame the league. But what more can the league actually do at this stage, other than pass the information to the police and local authorities and say this yeah, is a crime? Can do. Prosecute. Yeah, that's all they can do. It's all done then to the region and the provincial like law system, if you want, or policing system to to deal with it. And sometimes it feels they don't really want to. They don't want to go after the the, the fans of the of the clubs from the region. Uh, sometimes you look like other clubs don't really want to either, Gab. You know, uh, and and the problem is if it's if it's if it's only. The problem is if that if this is the only way, then it would happen a seventh time and an eighth time and a ninth time. And because now it seems that everybody is doing it. Everybody every time Real Madrid is in town, Vinicius is in time, is in town, sorry, they prepare stuff. They they racially abuse him on the pitch, they kick him all all around all right. the time. It's just like this is not I I, I think there are, I think there's two separate elements to this. It is true that Vinicius is a marked man and he's targeted. Uh but I think we also need to separate the trying to wind up Vinicius, trying to foul him, going to the limits and going over it, which I think is problematic. And I think he deserves, I said it on Monday, he deserves more protections from, yeah. from referee, which can be a tactic, right? To try to unsettle somebody that way. And racially abusing people. Um, that is never okay. That should yeah. always be punished. My understanding is that in the Mallorca game, people are kind of conflating the two. And that it was actually, it was not a lot, it was very audible, but it was not a lot of people. So I would look at this and say, Mallorca, yeah. You've got your fans there. You've but got witnesses. You've got CCTV. This is your chance. Identify this dude. Work with the police and say, you're not stepping foot in this stadium again. Yeah. Simple as. Yeah. Juventus beat Salernitana away 3-0 on Tuesday night. I think it was at Dusan Vlaovic back two goals, Gab. Your thoughts? I think it's great if you're a Juve fan that Vlaovic is back and scoring. Uh, yeah. He is... You know, your, your biggest attacking asset, Kostic doing reasonably as well mm-hmm. after um, not after being basically terrible after the World Cup. Di yeah. Maria looking good too. It's good. It's three points. It moves the table. You need to get this all just allegedly nonsense about relegation out of your head and just focus on things uh, going forward. 
Manchester City have said they welcome the chance to clear their name after being charged with 115 breaches, mostly due to financial irregularities by the Premier League. It's a charge, of course, which, as we know, could see them docked a whole bunch of points, fined, maybe even expelled from the league. Jules, I can't resist the chance to be a little bit cynical here. I know. If they welcome the chance to clear their name and have overwhelming and irrefutable evidence of their innocence, why did they go to court twice (laughs) to stop it? And why... Don't they just share all this information? Exactly, Gab. And it's a bit what we said already on Monday. Like, you know, they try, they, they, they didn't give all the documents and the information that the Premier League wanted during the investigation until they were forced to do so. And even after that, they were very, very reluctant. And if you've got nothing, if you, if you do nothing wrong, nothing to be, you know, um, to reproach yourself or anything like that, then you give everything. And the fact that they didn't want to give anything is not a good look. Like, like you said, like the fact that they, they tried twice to stop that investigation, going into court. Now let's see. I mean, let's see. They, I thought their statement after was quite punchy in the sense like, yeah, great. You know, we can't wait for this to be all over because we did nothing wrong and, 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 and move on then. Yeah, so I'm sure they won't delay, do anything to, de- to, no. to delay it. Exactly. And we love our conspiracy in football, Gab, of course. Some folks are saying that, uh, after investigating City for more than four years, the Premier League only brought these charges at that moment, so on Monday morning, uh, because the government will soon decide uh, whether the game should have an independent regulator or not. So like white paper about um, the governance of English football. What's the thinking there? And is there a point there? So this is a popular theory. I mean, first, for those who don't know what an independent regulator is, the idea is that the government would come out and decide, no, 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 Premier League, you're not just, you know, a, a business organization like, say, the NFL might be in the U.S. Uh, you are some sort of social good. So we're going to appoint somebody, an independent regulator who will have powers to control you on major issues in the same way that, for example, I mean, they have these in other countries, too, for, for example, your electrical grid. Or, for yeah. example, the water company, right? <laughs> Where you've got private companies, but then you've got some government guy who says, okay, these are minimum standards, minimum requirements. You can't change things this way and that. Premier League does not want that. They don't want to be controlled that way. Yeah. But one of the big arguments is, hey, Premier League, you are 20 clubs. Can 20 clubs police themselves? Which is why a lot of people in favor of regular. Personally, I am too. I don't, I, it's not just Manchester. I don't, I don't like sovereign wealth funds owning clubs, largely because sovereign wealth funds should be responsibly look after the wealth of the people of that country, not yeah. necessarily going into football. That's why good, well-run countries like Norway, for example, as yeah. we know, despite we tried to get Jan to get the Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund, which is bigger than yeah. PIF and bigger than the Qatari one, to buy Manchester United, that's not going to happen. No. Um, so I, I I can understand this, right? Uh, Wolves, of course, another problematic issue with their owner's ties to, to, to agents and George Mendes. Um, but the thing here is, I, the, the logic is that, oh, we're showing the government that, no, we are active, right? After four years of sitting their backside. Whether it's true or not, this doesn't change the fact. They need to establish the facts yeah. of what happened. Um, and the other point in all this, and some city fans have raised it, and I think, I think they have a very valid point. This is not a sports case. This is a complex financial accounting case. And so they're looking at this and say, well, you're appointing a three-man panel. Only one needs to be a lawyer on the panel. How do we know we're going to get justice? Shouldn't we have a more specialized court with people who are actually experts in this? Um, I think that is a valid argument. That's a fair point. And I'll tell you what, because it's not a sports case, I wish people on all sides, whether City fans or fans of other clubs, don't cheer for this as if you were cheering for your team in the stadium because it's not. Mm. It's got nothing to do with sports. Yeah. This is a case about potential accounting fraud. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. No trouble for Paris Saint-Germain this season, Jules. Yeah. They were dumped out of the Coupe de France by Marseille 2-1. And from the highlights I saw, yeah. and I only got to see highlights because I wasn't allowed to watch the game in this country, um, Marseille played really, really well yeah. and created a million chances. Yeah, they were the better team by far as well. Well done to them. Really go to the This time got everything right from his starting 11 to the tactics to the Rongier position at the back, everything. Uh, and the, the best team won and deserved to go through. It was the first time at the Velodrome that Marseille beat PhD in almost 12 years. So it was long due. Uh, it was facilitated by the atrocious performance collectively from PSG. Neymar and Messi terrible. up front. 
Sorry? Neymar and Messi up front. Yeah, Neymar, Messi up front, and Vitinha. It's not even, it's, it's not even that. Yeah, you could, I think Galtier should have started the Kitike up front. But everything was from the, the formation, the tactics, the, the, the spirit of the team, no cohesion, just nothing. I find it so worrying. And you know what? You said no trouble. They won't be a double. They won't win the Champions League <laughs> playing like this. And they won't win the Champions League full stop unless something crazy happens because right now Galtier is not good enough and the team is not playing well enough. He's not good enough. So, And sticking with PSG, Lionel Messi will, of course, be a free agent in June. And with Campos revealed that they're talking for that new deal at Paris for him to stay. And his brother, Messi's brother, Matthias, uh, says on Twitch, said on Twitch last night that if he returns to Barcelona, he's getting rid of Johan Laporta. I mean, he said loads of things. Like He's also said that Messi will never go back to Barcelona, that Barcelona, that nobody knew Barcelona before Messi arrived at the club. There was no history before. It's <laughs> not a really good look for the Messi family. It's one of those curses, right? You can't change your family and everybody's got <laughs> some unhinged uh, family members. I think you know, Messi has kind of distanced themselves from yeah, very whatever good. the hell Matias wants to say. Yeah. And I think we've said enough about Matias, unless he can play football like his brother, which I'm assuming he can't. Yeah, he can't. Jules, I know how highly you rate Ronald Koeman's opinions he says Cody Gakpo joined Liverpool too early. This is the same Cody Gakpo who turns 24 in May. That's right, yeah. The Dutch guy uh, who's now obviously the national team head coach uh, going on a, on a show in the Netherlands to say like, mm, it was a mistake for him to go to Liverpool on the back of what, six games now he's played and yeah, of course, he has no goals, no assists. Because he's too young. Why because he's too early. Yeah, like, well, so when was the good time? Well, he waits until he's 31 and see who wants to take him. I it mean, worked without big United, you know. Yeah, I, you know. I, you know what I think of this right. guy. Nicolo Zaniolo to Galatasaray is official, Gab. And there is an interesting structure to the deal. Tell us so more. we talk about the financialization of football? I, this is, I thought this was fascinating. So Galatasaray are paying 16.6 million. Then Euros, they've got six yeah. and a half million in easy bonuses, basically just getting paid to show up. And that's, I guess, so protect them against Zaniolo getting injured or, you know, going rogue. Yeah, yeah. Six and a half million in difficult bonuses, like I suppose Galatasaray winning things and Zaniolo scoring 20 goals. And then... If you sold for more than 20 million, they have to kick in another 2 million. And then on top of that, uh, there's a 20% on uh, on the sell-on profit if he sold for more than what uh, Zagnolo, uh, what they paid for, for, for Zagnolo. And on top of all that, Zagnolo has a 35 million euro release clause. Okay. I like it's not this. a really good deal for Galatasaray, though, is it? It's a good deal for Roma. It's a yeah, good for deal Roma, for Roma. Yeah, for Galatasaray, if all the bonuses are triggered and they only sell him for 35 and have to give... 20% of basically the 20 million profit. Yeah, but they, maybe they extend his contract, take the clause out, uh, and then sell him for 100 million uh, yeah. to Paris Saint Germain. Not so sure for Zaniolo either. But. Hugo Lloris is injured and could miss oh, up to eight yeah. weeks, Jules. Not good news for Antonio Conte as he returns after his surgery. Yeah, he will open the door coming back. It's Fred Froster who's there. <laughs> he'll go from looking dead to the little man what? to the very big man. Where's my captain? Uh, no captain for Conte, uh, and he's going to miss big games, of course. Uh, the Milan games in the Champions League, there's the FA Cup, there's the league where they're obviously fighting to finish up for. So, really bad timing for the injury, and we wish you go a quick recovery, of course. Borussia Dortmund, we know where to Bochum to advance in the German Cup. But, Gab, how about that Emre Chan goal? Oh, bit special. Ooh. Emre Chan from the halfway line. We know he has it in his locker. Very special. So sweet. Uh, also, I see Marco Roy scores. Reports in yeah. Spain suggest Real Madrid are willing to extend Louis, Luka Modric's deal, but only if he retires from international duty. Does that seem fair to you, Jules? In a way, it is fair. I think it's hard to impose people, okay, you want to stay here? Give, you know, you have to give up the national team. I think it's, it's hard, especially someone who's such a legend at the club, but you can understand that at his age now, physically, it starts to be very difficult and play international football and domestic football could be maybe too much. Gab, who is Ciro Santoriello and why has he made Juventus fans so angry? So he's one of the prosecutors in the Prisma case, which is the criminal case against Juventus. A video went viral of him at surface from a 2018 press conference where he talks about his role as a magistrate and he says, well, I, I'm a Napoli fan and I absolutely hate Juventus. No way. Now, in context, and I absolutely hate Juventus, but I had to let them off when I was investigating in 2016 because what they did was not a crime. So he wanted to show that he was being impartial. There's laughter, okay. he's joking. But you cannot say these things. I and if you know, know you've said these things, you cannot be appointed. You should recuse yourself from the case. Seems yeah. obvious to me. Yeah.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a similar vein, Jules, Murray Rosen, the man who will appoint the independent commission that will judge the Manchester City case, is, drumroll, an <laughs> Arsenal club member. Should City be annoyed by this? I don't think so. So we don't know what kind of... I mean, there's there's a red membership, it's called, for Arsenal, where everybody can join for £34 a, a season, where you basically... It's easier for you if you want to try to buy some tickets to go and watch the team. So I suspect he's an Arsenal fan, yeah? But... If he was to appoint himself, which he can do, on the commission, then okay. If I was just like, come on, that's not wise. You think they should stop him from being a member of the commission? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think he would have appointed himself on the commission either. But if he does, yeah, I can see what, what City have appointed. If he doesn't, I, I don't think, I really don't think that this is a, this is a big issue here. No, I, I think I, I actually looked at his profile. It's kind of funny because he's, uh, it says he's like obviously really interested in sports. Okay. Um, he's a member of the MCC, which is the uh, Middlesex Cricket. Yeah, it's, um, so he's obviously a cricket fan. Fantasy, yeah. He's an Arsenal club member. Presumably he's an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Um, he also enjoys playing real tennis, the sports of Kings. Oh, real tennis? You know, yeah, you Je le pomme in French. With the crappy little rackets. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. uh, I don't know. To me, it's more like... History, why you, then. What? History. But, <laughs> here's what you run into a problem, right? Um, and we touched upon this before. I think this is not a sports story. It's, it's a business and rules story. There's an argument to be made that obviously, you know, he's the head of the Premier League's disciplinary panel, so he or Judiciary Committee, whatever, whatever it's called, right? Um, people who are going to have some knowledge of this are going to be football fans, right? You're yeah, not going to find people who've never heard of Manchester City. And in this country, everybody has a team. Do you know what I mean? Like, so... Well, most people, some very yeah. posh people don't. Um, Maybe. But the point is, there's a trade-off, right? So I think you have to... What matters is that he enforces and he appoints people who will enforce and apply yep. the law in a way that people understand and, and is fair. I think everybody has a past and everybody has a preference. This guy obviously feels confident enough to write it on his official profile at his legal chambers. Exactly. So that says he's got nothing to hide. So yeah. I don't think City will raise this point and I don't think City fans should either, frankly. Yeah, I agree. Bayern have confirmed that they are paying zero in loan fees for Joel Cancelo. I suspect you like this deal even more. I'm not sure. I mean, every every show we've had a quick hit about Joel Cancelo's Joe loan Cancelo. to Bayern. I love Cancelo. Like, yeah, I love, I know you, you know do. why I love him? Because I love Andre Kanchelskis. Cancelo, Kanchelskis. You know, I like Cancellieri as well. No. Like, there's something no. about it. Okay. No. No, uh, no look. No downside. No downside. Try before you buy. And I think what it what it speaks to, again, is how badly Pep wanted him gone. Yeah. At least it's just okay, because you seem to struggle with the fact that City didn't want him there anymore. It's okay. Like, sometimes... I struggle with it because he's a good player. I know he's a good player, but sometimes you, you, your manager doesn't want you to be there. You move on to somewhere where you're welcomed and valued, which was not the case anymore at City. If I were your boy Pavard, I'd be packing my bags here. Yeah, oh, you can bring some tobacco, maybe. In the Eintracht Frankfurt are through in the German Cup, beating Darmstadt 4-2. And your boy Randall Colum won. Oh, he cannot stop squeezing Yeah, Paris born and bred, of course. That's why, you know, it's so good. Unreal season. Because when he moved from Nantes to Frankfurt for, for, for nothing in the summer, we all said great, great deal for Frankfurt. I mean, although there was a lot of Frankfurt fans who'd never heard of him. And... We were saying, like, this is a really good player on a free. He's brilliant. Uh, but I never thought, I don't think he thought that his season would be that good. And on top of that, the World Cup. And now he's an international player. Uh, his, his stock is rising and rising and rising. And so is his price. I don't know what he's going to do in the summer. I think he'd be very happy to stay, especially if Frankfurt are still in the Champions League next season or maybe even the Europa League. I think he'd be very happy to move and take a step up again in, in, in a bigger club. But what an incredible season. Uh, second not? greatest male athlete named Randall in history? Uh, after... Randall Cunningham, obviously. Okay, yeah. Does Julius Randall, the New York Knicks basketball player, count? 
Is he better than Colin Moane? Because he sure no, is Julius better Randall than is an all-star, so yeah. Uh, yeah, but he's not as good as Randall Cunningham, the ultimate weapon. Anyway, <laughs> we move on. Yeah, South Africa's tourist uh, board, remember we told you that story in the last show, have scrapped their proposed sponsorship of Tottenham. But I, happy? I think it's what people want. Like I said, we're not in a position to decide whether this will bring more money or less money to South, to, to, to South Africa, but it's yep. clearly that there's enough local opposition that said, no, no, spend this money in this country where South Africa, people know we got lots of spectacular yep. scenery, nice beaches, the, 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 the little penguins or puffins in that little beach near Cape oh Town. Oh, we got safaris. We People know who we are. We, yeah. we, we're not Rwanda here. Leon Bilil and advance in the French Cup. Jules, are they the favourites now along with Marseille? Yeah, they are. Gab, of course, quarter-finalists. Uh, now we don't know the draw yet. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see. The last game is uh, today, I think, lost against Lorient tonight on Thursday night. And then we will know it should be very exciting quarter-finals. There's a team from the second division like Rodez, like Annecy, who've qualified. There's still some big boys from Ligue 1, of course. And Lyon, if they win the cup, will qualify for the Europa League, which right now is the only way, really, unless there's a miracle, that they can qualify for Europe. So Ooh. huge for the Marseille will qualify for the Champions League. But for Lyon, it's either the cup or nothing, pretty much. So. See, that's what got me thinking about it because Lons, I'm assuming, they still have a legit shot at the yeah. Champions League. And well, otherwise, even... the Europa League, it would be anyway. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So it seems like, you know, this is a motivated team and. They've got a lot of talent. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Reno Matarazzo is back in the Bundesliga, taking over at Hoffenheim. Gab is your friend, so you must be very happy. Yeah, well, I think most of, so, most of all, I think it shows that the equilibrium of the universe is has remained balanced because there must always be at least one American yeah. Ivy League educated yeah. uh, coach in a big five league, right? Yeah. Jesse Marsh goes out. Yeah. At the same time, God decrees that Reno Matarazzo comes in That's at Hoffenheim. Yeah. Seems fair. No, look, seriously. <laughs> well, I thought, you know, he almost came out of the blue at Stuttgart, did really well getting promoted. Then afterwards, turnover, things don't work out. I think it's great that he gets another shot. He certainly knows the league. And I think he's been at Hoffenheim before, yeah, years ago. Yeah, maybe in the youth teams now or something um, like that. An assistant to... I think he to Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann many, yeah, many yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, that rings a bit. Tigres manager Diego Coca is a favorite to take over as Mexico boss. Uh, ESPN, our colleagues in ESPN Mexico reporting yeah. it's just about done. Yeah. It's not an easy job. It's not, especially Man, on the back like of... It's like a fun job either. It's not fun. I mean, the pressure is huge. And when you come on the back of Tata Martino, let's say poor tenure, let's put it that way, it's a big job. But Diego Coca knows Mexican football really well. He's done extremely well with Atlas, of course. Uh, and and you can see also why it's a very appealing job because if you do well, on the other hand, if you sort out the problems, if you make that team play well, then you become a hero and you become a legend. And then I think it's very rewarding, especially with the World Cup at home, of kind of like a third at home uh, in 2026. So, you know, good luck to him. Yeah, not a great generation, perhaps, of, of Mexican players compared no. to the past. Yeah. But, you know, there's, of course, that, that track record of Argentines, you know, Cata yeah. Martino, yeah. La Volpe before La Volpe, that. Think, exactly, you know. exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gab, Carlos Queros is the new national team coach of Qatar. Are you surprised? I nothing this man does surprises me. <laughs> Obviously, he's worked in the Gulf before. I yeah. He's worked all over the place. Um, you know, the rebuild after the pretty horrendous World Cup they had. Um, he was at the World Cup with Iran. He clearly likes those sorts of challenges. Yeah. And good luck to him. He's, he's, he's to a him. good guy. Barcelona are very close to extending Sergio Roberto's really? contract for another season. <laughs> Is this a good move, Jules? Really? Why? I'm, just, I'm assuming he took a big pay cut. I right? hope so, please. Like, you know. Uh, All right, Jules, Jules, I'm okay. sorry. He's a buddy. He's a squad player before you go. He loves the club. He loves the club. Okay. He's not a very good player, but it's okay. I, yeah, yeah, I just don't want him to start. But I think the thing with Barcelona is, okay, we need somebody to occasionally play right back, right? Because Jules Koundé is not a real right back. Yeah. Balde's really good, but he can't play left back and right back yeah. at the same time. He's not that good. Bayerin's gone and yeah. will never return. Um, this dude, also not a right back, but has played right back. Yeah. I think they look at it and they say, how much will it cost us to get a right back? Versus Don't you have a right back in your amazing academy that can come in instead of keeping him again? Evidently not. Mm. You, know what? you know what? Gavi could play right back and probably do a better job yeah. than these <laughs> yeah, guys, exactly. but whatever. Talking of extensions, Gab, are Milan really looking to give my boy, Olivier Giroud, another season and maybe even a second one in option? 
Whoa, he's only. I, I think we have track record with uh, very, very old strikers. Yeah, uh, it's been pretty good. And by the way, oh, this this story breaks just as Slatan's like, I'm ready to return yeah, to save again. the club. You know, um, I I think if the money's right, but he can't be your starter. He cannot be your starter. You no. need to figure out. You need to figure out. You need to get somebody to take Divock Origi far away. I think. Yeah. Uh, you need to figure out if Leao goes, take the Leao money, have somebody who can play up front, and Giroud can be a situational player. It's not fair to him and his beautiful sculpted body yeah. that he has to go out and play every minute of every yeah, game. I agree. Hatay Espoir midfielder Christian Atsu is still missing following the earthquakes that struck Turkey and Syria. By the way, our, our thoughts go yes, out of to course. Yeah. everybody uh, affected. Horrific death toll, lots of disruption. Um, it's not looking good. No, it's not looking good, Gab. We're waiting for some news. We thought uh, in the last few days, few hours, that uh, they found him and that he was in hospital recovering. Suddenly there was, I think, mixed message from the club and people around him, all that kind of stuff. It turns out that, no, they don't know where he is. So he will still be uh, in all the rubbles and everything, which is obviously really worrying. Thousands, I think over 10,000 now of people have, have died in these incredible earthquakes in the two countries. So it's... Uh, it's, yeah, terrible scenes if you've seen the footage. Uh, and let's just hope that Christian Azu and everybody else who can still have their lives saved will be found and will be safe. A22, uh, you know, the, the company that is behind the, Europe, the, the, the Super League, have released their 10 principles for a European Football League. What is this, Gav? Okay, so like you said, like this is the company that's still being financed by, we think, Juventus Ramad in Barcelona. Yeah. Probably the other clubs too, secretly, Somehow. just in case to hedge yeah. your bet. But they say, no, 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 we've learned our lessons. We're man based. They say that they've spoken to stakeholders all around Europe and they said, we've got 10 principles here for running a European Football League. And I just received the press release, which is why I'm going to look at my phone yeah. now very politely. Uh, George, you tell me if this sounds reasonable to okay. you, right? Uh, you're going to have broad based and meritocratic competition. Uh, so basically, a competition for 60 to 80 teams split into three divisions, and you need to qualify for it annually. Is that a revolutionary idea? No. No, it's kind of what we have now, except um, except there's more participants now, right? Yeah. Domestic tournaments must be are the foundation of football, and you know they, they clubs have to remain fully committed to their domestic tournaments, right? Okay. That's that's kind of what UEFA have been saying all along. Yeah. Um, you need to have financial sustainability and safeguards to improve competitiveness with stable and sustainable resources. Okay. Like FFP. You, you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. problem with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for something a bit different than what we already have. <laughs> oh, sorry. But one of the ways you're going to achieve that, sorry, this is the fine print, that clubs playing should uh, have a minimum of 14 guaranteed European games. Right now, the minimum guaranteed is two if you go out and qualifying, and it's six if you play in the, the group, group stage. stage. So they want 14. Okay. Does that sound like a lot? Uh, at least 14 for every single team that is in that competition. Yeah. So between 60 and 80 teams. Yep. Okay. That is a ton of games. That's, yeah, that's That is a ton of games. More. At the same time, player health must be at the center of the game. Yeah, of course. More, you know, more, more games. <laughs> um, they want club run competitions. Okay, we know that. Okay. You don't want you, you know, yeah. you don't you don't like sharing. <laughs> they want to create the world's best football competition. Okay. But I'm yeah, not yeah. gonna disagree with that. Yeah. They want an improved fan experience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm good with that. Yeah. They want to develop and finance women's football. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I'd be shocked if that wasn't there. And and uh they want to uh increase the amount of solidarity payments, which is the amount of money that they pay to the rest of the football pyramid who's okay. not involved. Um, a minimum of 400 million a year, which is about twice what UEFA pay now. But one big caveat, UEFA also, UEFA's also distribute money to all the teams that try to qualify. And I think it's like 250, if you can count the ones that go into qualifying in the early right, stages yeah, or whatever, yeah. for the three competitions. Um, so obviously there's only 200 million left over. Yeah. Obviously you'd have fewer teams. So this is a bit, it's a bit yeah. naughty here. Yeah. Um, and also, they want to respect European Union, European Union law and values, course, right? I know issue with that. Right? Yeah, yeah, good luck with that. So, in this whole thing, it sounds to me, other than the fact that you want fewer teams in the competition but more games for everybody, yeah. it sounds to me like this is UEFA talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds so exactly the same. I don't, 
understand what the it's just you want to run it and you want to decide how who yeah, gets exactly. the money. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You want the money to be distributed differently, maybe. I mean, like I'm all for the PR offensive and stuff, yeah. but like you're not even differentiating yourself anymore, I right? Know. Whatever. Legendary Croatia coach Miroslav Blazovic has passed away, Jules. He is best known for taking Croatia to the 1996 Euro um, quarterfinal yeah. and the 98 World Cup semifinal. That was those great teams. Of course. Suker and Slavin Bilic. Yeah. And goodness knows who else. Yeah. Yeah. It really sad two days before his 88th birthday. Gab, he'd been, he'd been ill. He had cancer, uh, I think, for the last 10 years or so. Um, so... Of course, iconic for that competition. He was wearing, if you remember, if you're of that generation, like a, a police hat or an army hat because he was touched. He, he coached in France. He was speaking French really well. Uh, and if you remember in the 98 World Cup, there was a, a problem with at the uh, Serbia-Germany game where Commandant Nivelle, one of the uh, a, a French policemen, was attacked by some fans and, and uh, lost his life. Uh, and was in the coma for many, many months and, and weeks. And, and to pay him tribute, Blazevich wore the hat, and in the hat he had a, a, a photo of uh, Virgin Mary that he says that kept, kept them good luck all through that tournament that they finished third, of course. So, yeah, very special character, great coaches, co coach who won in a lot of the countries that he coached. So really sad day in Croatian football history, I think. Argentina, Uruguay, Chile and Paraguay have submitted their official joint bid for the 2030 World Cup. And according to reports, Gab, Saudi Arabia have offered to build and pay for the stadiums that their co-host Greece and Egypt will use and will have to be to build in their tricontinental bid as well if they go and, and also submit a bid for the three of them. So, so Saudi Arabia said to Greece and Egypt, hey guys, come with us on the bid. But you know what? We pay for, we build the stadiums that, yeah. you know, you need to build for the bid. And we get to host three quarters of the games as well. Um, so there were, there were rumblings, they would do this. I believe, I, I, I hope, I, I, I love to give credit to the people who come up with the story. I believe it was Politico who first reported this story. So it's not yeah. even like a, a, a football story. It may have been somebody else. I, 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 I that's where I saw it. Um, why don't we just buy Greece and Egypt, right? I mean, honestly, <laughs> think about it, right? You want to develop tourism? Like, you're going to, there's just so much museum quality stuff in Greece and yeah, Egypt. I mean, I it's mean, literally, you know, the, you know. The, the, the two of the three greatest founding celebrations in, yeah. in uh, uh, sorry, civilizations in, in Europe and North Africa. Why not? Um, this is odd to me. Again, I don't think they have a shot at getting it so close after 2022 in, in Qatar. Yeah. I think there are principles about spreading it around. It's also true. Greece certainly can't host a World Cup on their own. Nope. Egypt would probably Egypt. struggle to do it as well. Yep. A bigger country. Um, so, you know, it's normally have joint bids. I, to me, I find this a little bit depressing, unnecessary, overstretching. It's not really the idea, yeah. I, I, look, I get it. You know, MBS says, oh, you, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So let me go and take a <laughs> shot here and accelerate my, my vision for the country, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a really tough sell. And remember, too, like, you know, Greece won't have the backing of UEFA because I think UEFA are going to back the Spain-Portugal bid. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of neutrals say you got to go 2030, time for it to return to um, to Argentina. I'm oh, sorry, to, to Uruguay, Argentina. Yeah. I mean, to South America. And especially yeah. Uruguay because obviously later. 100 yeah. years uh, after. I mean, if they have an Argentina, the final has to be. We agree, Montevideo, right? There's no other yeah, place yeah, sure. the final can be. So, um, yeah, it's political. I think people are going to vote in this. I really hope this does not come down to who chucks the most money out. Yeah, yeah. I the Wrexham dream is over as they pay a dear price for a missed penalty against Sheffield United in the FA Cup replay. Jules, your thoughts? Yeah, I thought that it was a great game and I thought they made their, their fans, their, the players, everybody involved at the club, their owners, of course, very proud because they played really well considering there's 72 places, I think, between the two teams in the uh, English like football pyramid, if you want. They, they were outstanding and yeah, if Paul Merlin scores that penalty with 15 minutes to go and they go 2-1 up, they might well have, have qualified and, and would be ready, getting ready to face Spurs. In the end, it was not meant, it was not meant for them. He missed that pen. He, he had already scored one uh, against the same goalkeeper. Missed that one, like Hurricane style, if you want. And after that, in the end, Sheffield United and Billy Sharp, who, by the way, 
was very um, I thought disappointed in his in his post-match interview, basically having a go at the Wrexham players and saying that they were disrespectful. That was that was really unnecessary from Billy Sharp. And you know what? The priority for Wrexham is going up in League Two anyway. It's not the FA Cup. Right. Yeah, it would have been great to face Spurs. A great story for again the owners and the fans and the community. But the most important right now is to focus on the league. They're well positioned to go up. So I think the Wrexham social media account tweeted something about uh, facing Tottenham Hotspur or implying like, that they were. I mean, and come so, on. Billy uh, Sharp knows better than that. He's um, experienced enough. Come I, on. I mean, Billy Sharp, by the way, I find him generally to be a very likable character. I think he's yeah, himself down yeah, a little yeah, bit. He's the story well, of his so, life. He's that said, but. 72 places. You could totally tell in that first half, like Sheffield United felt like they took a million shots on goal. And yeah. The finishing was, was terrible. So, yeah, I, exactly. probably football-wise, probably the right result. Yeah. Ronaldinho's son, Joe Mendes, has joined Barcelona's academy. He's 17. Gab, it's a tough act to follow. It is. And look, I'm not being funny. I don't know this kid's story and everything. I think unless, you know, your last name is Lampard or Maldini, there aren't very many occasions where you are the son of a legend and you become a legend yourself. Yeah. I do wonder that dude's 70. It's not like he's like 12. He's yeah. 17. Uh, you know, there was suggestions about him training with the first team, blah, blah, blah. I just hope if he's good enough, he gets to play and doesn't. And, you know, I, mean, I think it's good that he's Joel Mendes. So people maybe yeah. remember that he doesn't have that. Not that Ronaldinho is an actual last name, but, you know. <laughs> Joel like, Mendes Ronaldinho. Yeah, no, that's the name. <laughs> you know what I mean there. Uh, Joel, that brings us to an end. Um, I won't be here um, no. Monday because I'll be traveling back uh, from somewhere. But uh, I will leave you in the capable hands of Dawn. Uh, until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.